Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or whether you're leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and, of course, subscribing, never missing one single episode, all that jazz. Okay, we're in part two of two with Pinkish Black here, and with me now is John from Pinkish Black. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, John. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm excited. Uh, Darren had a really fun Desert Island list, and we're going to get to that in just a minute here. I'm going to put you in the hot seat for a couple of Tiger Beat questions, as I like to call them. So, John, what was like the first full-length record that was yours that you loved, that you owned, kind of the first record, whether it was bought for you or you paid for it with your own money? Well, uh, the first the first things I got were 45s. Nice. I'm a 45 and, man myself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what were some of those? Uh, I bought them at the same time, and it was it was a soft sell, tainted love memorabilia, forty five and nice. Toto, Rosanna Africa. Oh, hey, forty five. Nothing so, wrong with that at all. Yeah, no, like, I still love soft sell and Toto. So. Yeah, like on part one, we were talking about Eye in the Sky. Africa is that song for me as well. Like if I see it <laughs> on the serious list, I immediately finger touch it, and I'm right. listening to Africa every time. Right. Love it, can't. Can't argue with that. What about full lengths? I think the first full length I got was uh, Men at Work. Um, so business as Usual or Business, as, bu- uh, business as Usual. Okay, yeah. nice. Great record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, we, we must be the same age because this is like all my first stuff too. So yeah, yeah. It's great. Late 30s, early 40s? Yeah. Something like, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll just keep it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, first concert, whether you were uh, first one you were dragged to, first one you went by yourself. The first one I was dragged to, my my mom didn't really go to concerts, but the first one I was dragged to was uh, U two, uh, Joshua Tree, uh, at Fort Worth. Okay. But it was I I went with a a guy. I just changed schools and uh, only knew one guy there. Went with him, and it was my first like big concert, and it was even at age. 12 it was kind of disappointing so gotcha i'm not i'm not yeah. a big fan either honestly um, yeah but, i like a handful of songs i like a couple of songs they probably played that night like i like desire and angel harlem a little bit but usually i, I, don't I, have I still like a, some old you know really yeah. old stuff but i didn't yeah didn't care too much for it but then was it was it the bb king show or yeah, like the boating it was show? the bb yeah, king, king show, show yeah. nice at least you got that yeah that's awesome. that was that was pretty awesome i regret yeah. never i had plenty of chance to see bb and i never did i feel terrible about yeah. that but but then um the next, the next year, I guess, a uh, friend's older brother took me to see Danzig ah. at the Arcadia Theater, same place that Darren was talking about seeing the Cramps. Nice. And uh, was that first? Was that, uh, was that first? Danzig? That was that was right before the first record came out. Okay. Um, so it was, yeah, I don't know what that was. Nineteen eighty-eight. It had maybe. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like that's one of those bands. Like when I was in junior high. Or like late elementary, that was a shirt band. I saw the shirts before I heard the music, and yeah, when you hear Danza, I mean Danza gives you two different impressions, but totally delivered on the shirt with the music. I mean, 
it went hand in hand. A lot of bands would be a letdown, but not Danzig. I mean, it gave you exactly <laughs> that skull in music form. And, uh, yeah, that must have been a hell of a show, especially at that point. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. I don't think I'd go see him now, but I definitely would have seen him on the first, right. let's say, three tours. That's pretty kind, right? Yeah, three tours. That's very generous. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Anyway, because you still get to hear those other songs. So, um, All right. What else did we do? Oh, um you, you collaborate equally here with Darren and Pinkish Black. A couple of songs you wish you really had written. You hear them and you just go, man, that's that's the pinnacle of songwriting to you. Uh, Whether it's musically or lyrically, or both. Oh, I mean, I guess like A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. Like, sure. that's... Yeah. I wish I could write music like that. I can't argue with that. That's not something that I understand. Something, so. <laughs> something that works equally well in the car as well as the bedroom. I mean, that's a rare feat. So, you know. Okay. Least, oh, so I've heard. So I've heard. Okay. All right. All right. He's looking at me all funny. Let's get to your desert <laughs> analyst. Stop staring at me. You're giving me the creeps. Let's, uh, let's get to your list. What do you got to kick off the show with? What's a good kickoff artist on your list here? All right. Well, um, we'll start with a, a really just one that, of course, has to be there, which is Black Sabbath. Yes. Uh, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, killing yourself to live. Ooh, nice.
kicking off this special episode, this part two of two with Pinkish Black. Sitting with John of Pinkish Black on this episode. What a great way to kick off the show. Killing Yourself to Live by Black Sabbath. Off Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Uh, is there a better album cover than that? I mean, there's not, not many. No, I mean... That back and front, you know, like the... The, just, the first, uh, yeah. and Well, in the... Oh. Yeah, the gatefold's pretty awesome, too. Oh, so, yeah, it's just yeah. like... I remember seeing... Yeah, that's another one. I saw the cover. I mean, everything I saw first. You know, the cover, all the Maidens and the Priest records and right. the Sabbath... Like when you see those in record stores, what could possibly be on that? I mean, it would, you know, I the only thing that surprised me about Sabbath when I first heard them is that I thought they'd be faster. But once I <laughs> once I got over that, yeah, nothing better, nothing better. So, yeah, so, yeah, they apparently recorded that album in a haunted castle. I mean, every probably that album has yeah. everything going for it to be like just metal. Uh, yeah, it ca- it came out the year I was born. So nice, nineteen seventy four then, right? Seventy five. Seventy five. Okay, yeah. I was, man, that's not bad. No yeah. googling. We don't do that. Here. So yeah, so I'll stick. I'll stick with that one for Sabbath. It could really be any of you know many different Black Sabbath records. Yeah. Do you go anything after that? Are you a Sabotage fan too? Oh yeah, I love Sabotage. Good yeah. man. Good Sabotage man. is great. Probably my personal favorite. Another yeah. great album cover. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even with that kimono, you know. No way, like... man. Bill Ward's pants. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> you ever heard the Tony? I don't know if you read Tony's book or any great interviews no. he's done. No. Uh, he's got that great Bill Ward story. Not the one where he set him on fire, but that's a great story also. Uh, he did that a few times, but he said, Bill always traveled with two suitcases, one with dirty clothes and one with dirtier clothes. <laughs> there you go. Can you relate yeah. to that as a touring drummer at all? Or oh, there? sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. yeah, there's diff- different compartments for different levels of dirtiness. Nice. So. All right. Moving on here. What do, what do you got here next, John? Let's go with uh, James Brown, uh, Black Caesar, Oh, soundtrack oh. with uh, Down and Out in New York City. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'll wax about Black Caesar when we come back, but Down and Out in New York City, <laughs> yeah. the Godfather of Soul, Mr. More, 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 Mr. Please, 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 James Brown, come to the white courtesy phone. Hey, man, like you know. When you need a friend 
This is a great transition, uh, just like the last episode. Great transitions from Black Sabbath to James Brown, down and out in New York City from the Black Caesar soundtrack. I've actually seen that movie. I'm not gonna lie, I'm an old school video store guy. That last five minutes, whew. it's pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I never want to spoil that ending for anybody yeah. because the build up to that and then the actual action is that's not wow that actually happened. Okay, but uh, and a great soundtrack. To, even if that wasn't a movie soundtrack. No, it's a it's, great record. Yeah, so. no pu- no punches pulled there. Yeah. You ever heard, um, Yeah, actually, my favorite James Brown record, and it's one of those things I found out years later. I was almost heartbroken to find out. It was a comp. But the In the Jungle Groove record with, like, just the eight-minute bathroom jams with Clyde and Bootsy, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. There's, like, the eight-minute version of Hot Pants, the eight-minute version of Give It Up and Turn It Loose. I mean, God, The, the record, only reason I picked that particular record is because I could think of that as being an actual album. Yeah, oh, no, Whereas most exactly. most of these other, you know, a lot of it is um, just collections and stuff. Yeah, so. and it's hard to not... Like, I, I might still do that on my digital but that's, that's awesome. You yeah. went next level there, so thank you for that. <laughs> All right. So, did you like the movie, by the way? Have you seen Get On Up? I have not. I have oh, not okay. seen it. I'm yet. a big rock bio fan, so yeah. like, like it's 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 well done. You know, it's it's pretty kind in the same token, but it's not terribly kind. Right. You know, you know how these things are. So <laughs> that's why the Ray movie is good. The Johnny Cash one sucks. Anyway, move on. <laughs> All right. What do we got next, John? Um, let's go with uh, Heldon, which is um, this is a kind of a. An odd French electronic band, 70s band, fronted by a guitar player named Richard Pinhas, um, who had just been kind of, I guess, doing psych rock weird stuff, synthesizer stuff, uh, since the early 70s. Um, This was the first record of his that I heard, and it was also one of the first really good, I guess, prog rock albums, avant-garde uh, albums that I actually really got into because at the time I was just listening to nothing but really heavy stuff for the most part. Sure, yeah. And then heard this album and it's 
a great album. So okay. that's that's all the reason you need, right? So yeah. All right. So this is Heldon. Yeah. Which man. does that mean heroes? I'm getting the Bowie reference there, but uh, no, no. I that, think actually, that what it means? Is no, that a his, bad translation. Huh? No, his his. Uh, I I believe he got the name that it was a character from some sci-fi book. Oh, okay. But it, from some French sci-fi author that I couldn't remember okay whatever. that that was that was the best i could contribute to that yeah so you're turning me <laughs> on to something here <laughs> right on. okay so Heldon, and what's the name of the song let's do uh part two of interface okay interface is the name of the album all right so is it like a a-side b-side kind of thing yeah well it's in several parts um there's uh, the way the record is is there's a you know the complete live version which is close to 20 minutes wow but then there's this is just kind of a snippet that gives you a an overall Nice sampling record. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, check it out, guys. You just listened to part two of song Interface by Eldon. Eldon? Heldon. Yeah, H-E-L-D-O-N. Yeah. D-O-N. Okay, yeah. see. All right. H-E-L-D-O-N. Everybody go do your homework, all right? Richard Penhaas. Richard Penhaas. All right. Thanks for that, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had you guys over here. I knew this was not going to be a boring show, so thank you for that. <laughs> you know, it's like anybody can pick, you know, Thriller, you know, so... If it's on there, I apologize. No, we can okay. still wax about that because I, you know, human nature. Sure. You, you know, that's but first one, you know, that's sure. the, the Toto. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the band on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always tell people that it blows their minds because a lot of people don't know those things because they're not nerds like a lot of us guys. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on here. What you got next, John? Uh, let's do uh the Melvins with uh. Look behind you. I've got, uh, I, I've got I, all of them. I see it around there. me. Yeah, I got this new uh, one. I got this other new yeah. one. Two albums a <laughs> yeah. year, whatever. Touring like they're, they're the cheap trick of like college alternative, you know, hard rock. They've been on the road for a hundred years, 
and they put out two albums a year. Can you can you imagine a world like that? Like you know, where you put out that much, and then manage to stay on the road. It's like you never leave. It's like they never leave the road and do that. Can you can you see a world? Sounds like that? sounds great to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that's like seventies mentality that I love. You know, so. But out of the thirty five, what thirty five albums at least that they have, what are you possibly going to pick out of the Melvins canon? I'm, I'm going to go with with Bullhead, which is still pretty much at the top of my list there and with uh, your blessing Ooh, good one there that's just that's such a great song all right well i would say turn it up but you don't really have to it's the melvins
There you go. Three pickup less Paul and all. You're blessed from Bullhead by Melvins. Uh, Randy Brown would be very proud. So, and uh, I bought that record at his store. So that, that's that's a, yeah. a nice full circle there. Yeah. So yes, once again, I did enjoy you guys on the Synaptic a lot. Oh, I'm a little biased because I edited that show and I produced the show, <laughs> but good job on that show. Right on. And everybody, please go back to the Synaptic archives and listen to that episode. Yeah, we were talking Melvins while the song was playing. And, uh, yeah, like, out of the 30-plus albums they have, which that's a conservative number, but you pretty much can find something on any record that's good. I'd say, like, Bullhead's definitely in that top five easily. I, you, know, I, you know, like a Stoner Witch or Stag or... Uh, I, I, I like um, Hat a lot. Hostile Ambient Takeover is a great record. That's, that's a good one. I still... Ozma, Eggnog... So you're like uh, you're like old school old like, school that's yeah. Lysol I, but Lysol of course man yeah. I mean Lysol is incredible well, I mean, but it's then I also, cover Alice Cooper like yeah. at the tail end of a 20 minute epic I mean yeah it's 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 great you know <laughs> yeah. and I mean of course uh, they don't gouge in their vinyl reissues I love that like they have no, a lot good. of no I know a lot just, of shit to buy yeah they just put they but people want that stuff so I'm glad they can get it rather than I mean I don't even know what a copy of one of the boner I mean I I don't think there's thousands of those out there yeah. so it's they're doing like, like it's rare they have these really cool yeah i'm gonna nerd out on some of the releases here but uh they have they do these kind of two for ones and there's like a lysol eggnog reissue like right double side right and, and they're charging like one price for it like yeah no let's really I, I think they did osmo and bullhead like in the same package as well yeah that's so, great yeah. You, go check that out if you got a cool record store in town there's a few out there go look for those melvin's reviews especially the early stuff john is definitely right about that if you get into the Melvins, we'll uh, you know send me some PMs and we'll we'll talk about it because it's 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 a lot to take in if you're new to it. So yeah, but it's it, I mean it's I love what they're doing now as well. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just those those first records have been with me for a long time. So. Yeah, if they come to your town, go see them live. Uh, you know, uh, you can wear earplugs if you want, but um, you know it's definitely a a massive auditory overload, and we love them for it. All right. <laughs> Enough about the Melvins. Let's move on to your next pick, John. What do you got? Uh, well, let's see. I guess next let's look at a uh, can. Ah, yeah, I know and, them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to choose from once again. Yeah. Um, but I think just for for this, we'll go with uh, Tago Mago is the album, and the song is Hallelujah. All right, you can say it better than I can, so we're just going to play it, okay? <laughs> okay? All right, check it out. <laughs>
Alright. You just listened to Hallelujah. Did I say that right? Uh-huh. By Can. Yep. Off of the record Tagomago. Tagomago, yes. Yep. Not not quite Wango Tango. But it has the no, same no. Has the same thing going for it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's a debut on Rock Strikes Ten Can for the first time. It's a good band. I, I just it yeah, just, just hasn't happened. Like I said, we do themes here, so it's mm. just, they haven't come up yet. So thank you for it's, debuting them here on the show. Yeah, it'd be. I don't. I don't know how you'd get around to a theme with them unless you were just doing a crowd rock show. Gotcha. You know, whatever. What year yeah. is that from? Uh, seventy three, seventy two, or seventy three. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I have them on. The only thing I think I ever had by them so far is that I had like a a prog best of, and I think it was even like a rhino like one disc version of a box that they had put out mm. of like the best prog rock of all time. Right. Right. You know, and like, you know, so yeah. Oh, well, I mean, can cool. though is kind of, it's kind of, you know, they, it's like psychedelic prog. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of prog is one of those terms that usually is derogatory. Yeah. I mean, because, because it's girl repellent usually. That's, well, that's one thing. Ab- about yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, <laughs> it's a, pl- it's a, it's a pair of all black sneakers, you know, yeah. but, um, there's, I noticed that you have those. I do actually. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's a can. I mean, cans just kind of out there. You know, they're their own type of entity. They they don't fit really into uh, prog rock or fusion or any yeah. of that. So. And I'm constantly still confusing them with caravan. So I'm going to stop doing that after a while. Big difference. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Caravan. I, I have no excuse. Caravan. You could say is a prog rock band, definitely. Yeah. It's like <laughs> post hippie psychedelic. That that's a post hippie psychedelic prog rock band. Yeah. Uh, kind of with that, jazz. Well, it's with jazz going. What that on was at the same called time. was the Canterbury sound, oh, which okay. was like caravan, soft machine. Um, there's you know a few other ones, but it's just this kind of. Happy, hippy dippy, very, very British stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, their second record, "The Land of Gray and Pink," that's a good album. Yeah, I like how I can I can still trace that kind of style even into your band, uh, which yeah, there's you, definitely you would not think that some of that like, there, yeah, for sure. But, but it's there. Love yeah. Soft Machine. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, we're on a roll here. What else you got? Keep challenging me, John. Uh, okay, well, let's go with, uh, Slayer, South of Heaven, Ah. and this is, it's hard to pick a track, but we'll just go with, uh, yeah, throw a dart. We'll go spill the blood. Nice. Yeah. All right. A ballad. All right. So, and it's not Slayer. It's Slayer! <laughs> All right.
right, spill the blood there by Slayer from South Heaven. Slayer! All right, yeah, we're doing Wacky Radio now. It's my very cool. Yeah, I love I love that that album. Yeah, I think I might have said this years ago on the show, but I was fortunate enough. I, I grew up in Abilene, Texas, after we moved from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Abilene is about three hours from where we're sitting right now, and there's really not a whole lot going on. You guys ever played there? There's a lot of country bars out there and hillbilly places, uh, but you guys would do very well there. <laughs> no, you have to wait for like the first two hours. Everybody gets drunk and they don't listen to anything. But um, especially top forty classic rock. But anyway, over in Abilene, like I guess you know the whole uh, the whole story about like what AM became after FM got more famous than than AM did. So the FM stations were the big stations after a while, and then the AM stations became the old FM stations, all the underground channels and all that shit. So our top 40 station had a metal AM station. <laughs> and like in Abilene, Texas, of all places, that's just insane. So the first, like, I- I'm lucky. A lot of my friends, like, the first time they heard Slayer was when Seasons came out and the ball started playing them. So they saw, like, War Ensemble, Seasons of the Abyss. I heard Die by the Sword in 1986 on AM radio. I don't think a lot of people could say they got into Slayer because of radio. No. But uh, first time I heard Slayer Die by the Sword on Key Rock and Damage Incorporated by, by Metallica. I think I heard those the same week. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever been the same after that. So that, <laughs> that was probably around South of Heaven era anyway, even though they were playing older stuff than that. But right. what a great pick. Man. Good stuff. And, you know, of course, one hey, of the best that, consistent live bands. 86, it's Rain of Blood, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, yep. For sure. So, like, 87, 88 was South of Heaven. Yep. That's another band that you can go. It's like you know, it's like what Henry Rollins said. They they freeze them in a block of ice and they chisel them out before each record, and it's still 1984. <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna deliver the goods pretty much every time. So, and live, it's it's almost like a spectator sport going to see them. Yeah, you see the band, but it's just fun watching the crowd. And I like to get up in a high rise and just watch the pit. That for me, it's a spectator sport. At least it's it's always a fun show. Anyway. I totally just tangent it off. Let's get back to your list, John. <laughs> All right. That's what we do here. Um, let's see. How about uh, Miles Davis from uh, Get Up With It, uh, Rated X? Oh, all right. I might even have that around here somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Miles Davis, a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Yes. And uh, I used to get trashed for defending that pick, but can't front on Miles Davis. So, you're going to enjoy that one. Check it out, guys. Thank you. 
All right. Yeah, sometimes we let the record play out, and then we start talking about stuff, and I have completely forgotten. Okay, John, what did we just listen to? Uh, that was Miles Davis, Rated yes. X, from Get Up With It. All right. You know, I, I I have a handful of Miles Davis records in my collection. The one that uh, most people haven't heard, and I haven't heard that one all the way through, so thank you for turning me on to that. That one, and we're not talking about the singer guy, we're talking about the boxer. Have you heard that tribute to Jack Johnson? Oh, yeah, record? it's great. Dude, like, that's a record that's the least, probably one of the least sounding Miles Davis, like, what the perception that people have of Miles Davis records. I think that's probably one of the less obvious Miles Davis sounding records, but it's so cool. It's very rock. It's all just like a 45 minute rock instrumental well, about I mean, Jack Johnson. Yeah, I mean, Miles Davis from 1969 until about 1974 was doing nothing but experimentation. Yeah, so super I mean, cool. A true artist. And oh, yeah. uh, I could see why he's an influence on you guys because, you know, Absolutely. I, I, I get that impression about you guys, whether it's on wax or live. So, and I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate good art like that. So. <laughs> I mean that. I'm not just being facetious. I haven't seen the Miles Davis movie yet, but I'm curious because I like Don Cheadle. I haven't seen that one either. Sure as hell looks like him, doesn't he? Like you see, they they recreated some of those old photos of him, like some of the more famous photos. Mm -hmm. I'm like, shit. Kind of, he looks like him, so he's he's halfway there. So as long as they got the music rights, it won't suck. You know. (laughs) All right, what do we got next? Um, how about uh, Dead Kennedys, um, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. And you can throw a dart at that one too. And that's, you're gonna be yeah, fine. I'm. How about forward to death? Okay, that's that. That's a record that I heard when I was about eleven or twelve, and that wow. song scared the crap out of me. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, be, I mean, you know, you don't understand that type of humor necessarily <laughs> at that age. So when I heard "Kill the Poor," I was like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with this guy?" Yeah, exactly. You know, and then obviously figured it out later. But. Yeah. That's yeah, my, probably my great song. Four yeah. to Death is great. Yeah, Kill the Poor is like one of my favorite protest songs like ever. And it oh, definitely yeah. is a protest song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Four to Death. Yeah. Man, yeah, I've, that's easy. I'm going to cue that right, right up. <laughs> we have it here. All right. Dead Kennedys. Check it out. Nice, easy listening selection for you. Forded to Death by the Dead Kennedys 
from fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. That does remind me of something, if I may go on a little bit of a memory tangent here, even though we just did that for the last 10 minutes, once again, between records. But um, one of my favorite uh, sampling things ever was the beginning of the Ice-T Iceberg record. Oh, Have you yeah. ever heard that, where he's oh, playing yeah. Black Sabbath over the Curfew bit by Jello Biafra? Yeah, no, it's great. The yeah, I-, I remember buying buying that cassette and yeah. wearing it out. I, that immediately that's where my brain goes to anything Dead Kennedys. I just think of that moment when I first heard that. I'm like, this is so basic and simple, but it it's like one of the, it gets the point across perfectly. Kicks off a record in a great well, way. Well, I mean, it's like I had really liked Power Ice T yeah. Power, and then whenever I heard Jellyby Offer was on his next record, I was like, oh, well, I'm definitely gonna go get that. So. Yeah, but I, I would say definitely for sure, even though Dead Kennedys have a handful of must owns, Fresh Fruit is, you know, the one to get. Like if you had to pick one. <laughs> That is the one. I had a really hard time between that and plastic surgery disasters. That's a good one too. Yeah. I mean, but, Moon Over Marin is yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What'd you think of the since since you played them earlier? What'd you think of the Jello Melvin's records? Uh, I've heard two of them. I guess they, they were, only have two. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really liked them, but what I heard what I heard was their Roxy Music cover and Every Dream of a Heartache. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I really need. A copy of that. Yeah, so. I, I I have that. We can I can hook yeah. you up if you want. <laughs> right on. Um, they on, on the second one they covered probably my all time favorite song, "Halo of Flies" by Alice Cooper. Mm, that's a great uh, one. Which the Melvins consistently play live. But anyway, yeah. Jello did a pretty decent job on it. But they do it without them too. So yeah, yeah. You know, if I can ever go see a Melvins gig where they play, and I hate to be that cover guy, like hey, play a jukebox for me. But if I ever go see the Melvins and they play Halo of Flies and Going Blind, that's going to be like a perfect show for me. So. <laughs> anyway, we have one more, two more. We have two more to play, John. Yep. What are we doing here? Um, John Coltrane, I Love Supreme, and that's one. That's one. That's just one song. So. I can do the single edit if you if you if you're not going to hate me too much. Well, for doing if, it. if you're going to do the edit on it, then play part three. Okay. Yeah. See what I can do there. Yeah. But uh, so give, give me a little bit of leverage here, yeah, and yeah. a little part, bit of leeway. Part part three, the way the way it was uh, tracked for the CD and stuff. Anyway, part right, three I'll, is really good. I'll see. I'll see what I can do. But All for right. those of you out there listening, if you don't own a Love Supreme, then that I mean that's that's a, that's a must own for anybody. It's a five star record. It's like Pet Sounds or Revolver or any of the RSTNLE stuff. Love Supreme, greatness for sure. Here's some John Coltrane for you.
All right, the great John Coltrane and Love Supreme bringing the jazz to uh, Rock Strikes 10 on this particular episode. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, this is Hall <laughs> of Fame jazz. This is stuff that people... Should, it's not like you're really challenging anybody who doesn't know anything about jazz. I mean, this is stuff that's... Yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's like basic, a must-own. Basic yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. For so. a reason, you know. Exactly, exactly. All right. We have one more, I believe. All right. Then I'm going to you know let you guys go. I have you shackled to the uh, Rock Strikes 10 studios here. Uh, well, we'll have to put some magma on here, and okay. uh, we're going to go with Udu Wudu, it's the album, uh, also 1975, and De Futura is the track. Wow, I know nothing about this band. Like, you, I'm you excited. Will. A 70s band I haven't heard, ooh, yes. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to listen to it, pretty much all of us here together for the first time, with the exception of these guys, because they're way more awesome than I am. Uh, but Magma? Yep. And Voodoo... U- Udu Voodoo. Udu Voodoo. De Futura is the track. Okay. Yeah. Let's check it out. Closing out the show this week. This is Magma. <laughs>
All right. I always say whenever I have guests here, which isn't very often, but when I do, usually the best stuff is off the air. I think we just did that because, I mean, the song was long enough, and that's cool. I dig that. <laughs> this reminds me of the Synaptic, actually, because Randy will always close with an epic no matter what. But that was Magma, mm-hmm. and that was... De, De Futura. De Futura. Yeah. Sorry that I forgot my short term is not no, what it used to be. It's no, not a problem. So you were saying, uh, I'm going to try to recreate, I yeah. know it's not going to be as good, but you were saying off the air, <clears throat> you've toured with a lot of cool bands. and you've, yeah. It seems like you've been very lucky and, and you know you guys are very humble about it too. You've toured with Ghost, you've toured with Goblin, Zombie I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, any Anybody else that's like really, those are like probably the main three? Corrections House. Corrections yeah, House? Yeah, Corrections House, Kylesa. Ooh, yeah, I know that. Floor. Yeah. Um, Open for Sleep. Yeah, we've, sleep? Got, we've gotten to play with Sleep and Neurosis. Nice. Neurosis. I love Neurosis. I hate Neurosis. God. Huh. I hate God, yeah. A lot, we, we, yeah, we've gotten to play with a lot of great bands. Yeah. But yeah, Magma, like, Magma has just recently started touring the U.S. Um, for the first time ever. Um, but so yeah, we, we need to make that course, tour happen. Then, uh, well, what we're saying, we right? would love to, but there's certainly a band that doesn't need an opener. Yeah. Um, they, last time when we saw them, they had a woman named Helen Money playing okay. with them. Okay, uh, she's a solo cellist, and it was really awesome. She's oh. really pretty amazing. But yeah. I I'm wished good. it would have been us. <laughs> oh, someday, I, I've someday. got a good feeling. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> the guys obviously have that positive thing. <laughs> I think these things can happen. You were saying the Melvins also would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. No argument here. But uh, <laughs> th- thanks for turning me on to these guys. I mean, the way you described them before I listened to them, I mean, you were saying, what was it like? Uh, you said... It's it's, it's you, kind of, it's kind of like... You used it's, a, it's like Wagner and King Crimson. Parliament <laughs> and King Crimson kind of thrown together. I mean, but it's they sound different depending on what era of the band i mean they started when they started in you know 1969 1970 it sounded more like early chicago or something there was a lot of horns by the time you get to the mid 70s it's gotten um a bit darker and there's a lot more uh you know funky bass and stuff like that so you think that they were inspired equally by like the burgeoning metal scene as well as the burgeoning funk soul scene i don't i don't no i don't think there was any metal involved out there at all well heavy blues psychedelic maybe yeah there would have been some of that but like just the fact that they started so early definitely coming from the jazz scene uh christian vander the guy that started the band was a pretty um pretty amazing jazz drummer and has continued to do that as well see that's a band that i would i'd like to know what they were listening to this is why i do this Uh, i wanted to have a very super interesting band down here in the rock strikes 10 studios to find (laughs) out what gets you guys going and what inspires you to make the kind of records that you do and i'm really glad you guys came down here it's an honor it has been an honor for me at least on this side of the table and um john any uh, final words uh no just got the tour coming up yeah yeah. yeah, I hope uh, hope all that goes well and just ready to keep doing that. So, and yes. we need to write another record. So, gotcha. We'll, as soon as we get back from this, that's what we'll be doing. Yeah. But can we, I can I have both of you guys come on the mic if you don't mind for sure. a second? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I do want to ask both of you guys this. Um, like I said, I, I'm sure you guys haven't heard the show before. Um, I did like a big four part Prince tribute earlier this year because I'm a legit fan since '82. I never fell off. 
Um, you guys have done this amazing live cover uh, before of the beautiful ones. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, I've seen a little bit of footage of that. All right. Um, now we got to do that in front of a sleep audience, which was a big. That was I would awesome. Say, it was a, I'd say a highlight of our career. We just, we just really was wanted, that in Austin or it was at Austin City Limits. Yeah. Okay, we just yeah. wanted to play it out of that big ass PA. Uh-huh. That's, so that's great. That was and awesome. our friend, Frank, our friend <laughs> yeah. Frank Cervantes from Wire Nest and Sub Oslo plays guitar with us on Stumped, that. He plays the stuff in Stump Yeah, uh, I just want to say, as as a fan of both, <laughs> and just the fact that that those two worlds kind of came together at that point. I think that was a really cool moment, and I want to thank you for doing that, just personally, for me. Uh, I realize that whenever something terrible like the death of Prince happens, that it, there's almost kind of a pullback almost from hardcore fans because of, you know, you don't want to seem like you're, uh, you know, vulturing on, on, you know, for publicity or anything like that. But I would love for you guys to, at some point, I'm just going to put it out here on the show. I would love to hear that in a, on a studio record or even like a live recording, kind of the way Prince used to record some of his stuff. Just like, if you ever are in that hall again, please roll tape we because have, it we sounded have, so good. We have tentative plans to do that for sure. Yeah. we. That's one of my top ten favorite songs ever. Oh, us too. And we, yeah, we'd we been, love that song. We've been kicking it around since we were in Great Tyrant. So the yeah. fact we finally did it like a year before he died, I guess, and... Yeah, um, no, because I've seen Prince live twice, and it's like watching the the child of James Brown and Jimi Hendrix, you know. Exactly. And uh, no, it's just like he's, yeah, he's part of my child. First video I ever saw on MTV was uh, Raspberry Beret. Nice. And yeah, so my first introduction mm. to the world of music television was Prince. Nice. You know, yeah. so, yeah, he's Yeah, a, we all he, came in at different times on TV, but I, right. you know, no, we I always s- know the first one remember, that premiered at that time. I remember time. seeing it at a friend's house, and they had cable, and it was like, what is this? And they are like, it's MTV, it's music television. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, really, did they just show music all day? Yeah. And the ul- yeah. the ultimate uh, just horribleness for me is that, or irony or whatever you want to call it, is that I didn't have MTV for, like, their first six years. Both of my grandparents had it. Yeah, and they weren't perfect. fucking watching it. Yeah, my my, my step grandmother's house in, in <laughs> rural Pennsylvania was the only place that I saw it. But it was she only had it because they couldn't get anything any TV without cable where she lived. But gotcha. That was the first. That was 1981, I think. Yeah, they, they just so that was uh, the first year it was on, and I, I remember seeing the Whippet video and just wondering, uh, like, what is this? <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, but we we should come. Maybe we do a video list sometime. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to bring you both guys because you've both been in the studio together here. But I just want to thank you for that because that that was that was another thing where I'm like I'm justified in my fandom of this band because I know this is a band I want down here and I want to find out what their favorite records are. So that was awesome. another reason why. So well, thanks once well. a, once again, thanks Darren and John from Pinkish Black. Buy all Pinkish Black. Go to their shows. Buy their shirts. Buy their vinyls. Uh, yeah, Relapse is taking care of you. They got the download code on the vinyl, mm-hmm. so get that cool vinyl. And uh, yeah, great Tyrant stuff. Is that stuff still uh, available? Uh, yeah, some... Relapse put out our final album that we recorded in 2009. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just came out last year. With, uh, uh, coincided with the release of Bottom of the Morning. Yes. So yeah, that's out there. And uh, the uh, first album we recorded is still probably available somewhere or another. 
Yeah. <laughs> on Dada Drumming or Amazon. We or have, something. yeah, we have it at shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy records and t shirts from us at shows. That's yeah. the best way. <laughs> Please do, yeah. It's good gas money, uh, from what I'm told. So. Yes. All right, but yeah, once again, thanks guys for coming on. Thank uh, you. Maybe we can do it again sometime. We'll, sure. we'll give you a, a narrowed down list next time if you, for any returners. <laughs> if you want to do a video list, that'd be even more interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That'd be I, a I lot don't of think fun. I could do a video. Yeah, list. Well, we'll like, do I mean, something. I could, I you can do up. drummers if you want, or we can do something. I don't know, but I think it'd be fun to have you guys on again. Sure. Let me know what you think out there, listeners. By doing that, go to cnjradio.com home of Rock Strikes 10 and The Synaptic with Randy Brown and True Alternative. Once again, go back to the Synaptic archives. Check out the massively in-depth Pinkish Black interview where you can hear both Pinkish Black and Great Tyrant songs. Also on cnjradio.com, wrestling house show blogs. Uh, you, the, the apartment wrestling aficionado, would probably like that. Uh, and more on that later. Also, Last Theater on the left, Chris's movie reviews, usually horror movie reviews. So that's a good wheelhouse for, for us as well. Before we get out of here, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the outro song. New record out soon. They'll be on the show soon. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for more info. Tell them the Rock Strikes 10 sent you. And look up Pinkish Black on Facebook. Like them. You guys got any of the other stuff? Twitter, Instagram, any we, of that? We have, have an Instagram, Instagram yeah. account. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Pinkish Black on Instagram. I like it. <laughs> all right. Until then, we'll see you on the next one. Have fun.